welcome to Women Express. Here we are back again. You know, I've been on a little bit of a hiatus, just watching things, listening, looking for the correct opportunity to bring to you the correct voice to bring to you and to set some new ideas in a blazing path going forward. This program is about our voices. Our voices are making a difference in the world today. It's our time. And if you take a look around in your own world and the world that's outside of you, you'll see that women are making a difference in so many different arenas. Our voices are really coming across strong and clear. And that's what Women Express is all about. We had last time I was with you, we talked about pay equality. We've talked about the experience that women have being immigrants in America. We've talked about what it means to be at the table in corporate America. And today we have someone here who is a pioneer in her field who will tell us again what it's like to be different, to be sitting at the table, to bring that competitive edge as a woman. I'm going to welcome Dr. Marissa Damblonski, and I am excited to bring her here. She's a developmental engineer and an educator who communicates across boundaries to help people gain access and ideas and infrastructures to meet their needs. Marissa has been speaking publicly and internationally on the development of water, plastics, sustainability, and culture since 2009. She also leads professional development experiences where she coaches and mentors engineers and leaders towards integrative, holistic ways of thinking and being. That's powerful all by itself. Our topic today is that there is room at the table and how women can lead globally. And quite frankly, having Dr. Jablonski here today says a lot. It says that we're going to take a look at what it means to be on that competitive edge as an engineer, a developmental engineer, for that much we know is a very different path to take and probably from time to time a very lonely one. Well, welcome, Marissa. How are you today? Hi, Denise. Thanks for having me. Doing great. So excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to hear from you. I know that you are really doing some incredible work around the globe, especially as it comes to water and as it comes to sustainability. Can you tell me a little bit more about your work and how it feels to be an engineer? I mean, that's all by itself. You're standing out there by yourself sometimes. Yeah, that's right. So I am an environmental engineer. And my background specifically is in water and wastewater. And I've been working in the international development arena since about 2007. So building water distribution and sanitation systems and wastewater treatment in developing communities. So working with communities that aren't at the table, right? Communities that don't have the infrastructure that they need. But I would say my specialty is bridging the gap of understanding and communication between the groups in the United States who are helping the communities who don't have the voice. So yes, it can be very lonely at times. The field of international development was pretty much created, at least as it is in the United States, by engineers who are retired, who want to give back to the world. And that means there's a lot of men 
because uh, women in engineering are only about, gosh, 15% of engineers are women. So it's I pretty know. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's incredible. Nasty. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. I think but that coming. I'm glad you are because what you're doing is so important to the world, but having that, that perspective as an engineer and as a woman must make a difference in your field. Tell me a little bit about what it's like to be a woman in your field. Yeah, it's good and it's bad, right? On the community side, it's pretty awesome because when I'm in the field, we make sure that women are a part of the design process and women's priorities and voices are included in every discussion. But when it comes to design, we're often forgotten. So when I entered the field, one of the things that I did as a 20-something was talk to my mentors, who were all older men, and pull them aside, right? And say, okay, so you, you entered into this realm into this arena as a retiring man. So what do you think we should do? How can we make this a career path for myself and for other young people coming up the line? And you know, I heard a lot of crickets. Nobody really (laughs) understood. And it's one of the reasons I've moved to Washington, D.C., where it's a much more respected field and there's a lot more support you know, there's implementing partners and there's government assistance and there's all sorts of resources in larger communities that do this type of work and, and value it. I really am very interested in the idea of you being who you are as a developmental engineer and also a PhD in engineering because it is a field where normally women don't take steps in that direction, but we're seeing more and more women who are becoming a part of the engineer field. What do you feel is needed to not only attract more women to the field, but to really set a foundation for the success of women in the field? I think inviting us to the table is the number one easiest way to get us to stay. And as women support each other, this whole idea will grow, right? I'm a part of a group called the Academy for Systems Change, and they have an underlying motto that is find leaders and support the heck out of them. So I think that in the field of engineering, This is what we need to do for each other. We need to make sure that there are women and minorities in every design process so that a plethora of possibilities is included in that design process, if that makes sense. It's basically the more people who are consulted to solve a problem, the more diverse solution you'll come up with, which will assist the greater of people and ultimately change the future society we live in, which is a really cool prospect. In my dream of dreams, this is what our future looks like. It's a future that certainly involves having women be a part of the table. You told me a story about what it, sometimes what happens when you're just simply walking down the hallway, passing a boardroom, and out from the boardroom comes a woman and she's in tears. 
Tell me about that experience, because I'm sure there are other women out there who've been in a boardroom situation where they just walk out and they're just flummoxed. And unfortunately, it happens all too often. So we work in the society with a method or silos that can't be crossed. And when we enter into these meetings, when there's a chair brought to that table and we're asked to help, Sometimes our ideas are ignored. Sometimes we're talked over. Sometimes we're not actually welcome, even though we've been invited. And there, our office, where I'm doing some work right now, we have an unspoken pact among the women. And we rally around each other, say, okay, time to go outside, grab a cup of tea, and let's talk. And reassure each other that, no, we're, we're doing exactly the right thing. We're focusing on bottom-up international development and bottom-up community engagement. We're focusing on voice of the people and, and the earth that doesn't have a voice. And we just reiterate. And if only one of us is invited to a table we remember that we are actually a part of a much larger larger group and support system but hands down we support each other we have to or we have we won't to survive i think it's so to. important that we do have to else we won't survive it the the thing about creating another space at the table for another woman and sometimes even going into the meeting together mm. is so essential for helping us to magnify our voices don't you feel that that's true I agree wholeheartedly. And I think, yes, because we can reiterate our ideas towards each other and support each other in that arena and basically strengthen the idea, strengthen the voice. Yeah. Strengthen the voice. So you told me a cute story in preparation for our interview today. I love this whole idea about the, the folding chair. Tell me about the folding chair story. Oh, that's a great one. So we just celebrated Women in Water last week in Washington, D.C., and there was a great event put on with private and public partnerships. And we were listening to a few women from different countries in Africa at a panel speaking. And one of the women, an ambassador to the United States, stood up and said, you cannot only think of us when it's too late. Before you hold your meeting, go home and pay attention. Your sister and your mother and your daughter use the bathroom too. You have to think of us. Only then the future will change. And I have a quick story, but a good friend of our family's was a doctor coming up in the 1980s. And when he finally, you know, went through all the schooling and got hired on as a physician in the hospital, he, you know, he walked through the hospital with his new hires. He was one of about seven hires. Six were men and one was a woman. And the head physician of the hospital looked out and said, you will work six days a week, Monday through Saturday. And the woman <laughs> threw her shoulders back and stepped forward and said, I need Mondays off. I worked hard to get here and I will have Mondays off. And all the other male new hires said that, that, we want that too. <laughs> That's the future of engineering. 
right? Yes. As we get more women and more minorities entering into engineering, the entire field will change. And I do some teaching. I love teaching. And I, this is why. You can inspire young people to actually create a different future. You know, we do a lot of work with groups like Engineers Without Borders. And when our students go into their professional career, all of a sudden they're working for a giant engineering firm and they're in the design process. And one of our students will say, well, this is for an indigenous community. This might affect the water that they drink. Has anyone started community engagement meetings? Has anyone heard from the women? What do they think? And they open their mouth and they ask the questions, questions that have never been asked before. And that's wow. because of this diverse background. Diversity oh, is stuff. so incredible. Yeah, listen, she's <laughs> getting, she's having a hallelujah moment out here. I am. I am. <laughs> well, it's just an important thing for everyone to know that, you know, diversity of, it could be all kinds of diversity. And as we look at ourselves being more and more as a global community, it does take more voices to really make innovative change and to create a new foundation for people to live their lives. Water, I know, is a major concern, especially in our third world nations, clean, clear water. To work in that environment and to have a say in that environment is so critical. Oh my gosh. It really is. You know, the work we do in Guatemala, I work very closely with an association that's a Mayan, an indigenous Mayan association called Akmari in the Ishil Triangle of Guatemala. And we don't even hold meetings unless women come. And wow. our, the president of the association, Diego Ramirez Cobo, started that. He said, women are the ones who carry the water. They're the ones who use the water. Why wouldn't they be at this meeting? They need to be here because ultimately it affects their life more than others. And, you know, here's another fun story around that. We didn't, as engineers, this is to build on your diversity point, as engineers, we didn't think of hosting a women's meeting. It took bringing masters of sustainable peace building students. So these are more social scientists and peace building students who looked at us and said, why this is, they asked, why aren't you having a women's meeting? And they looked, you know, right at the bunch of us. And I said, well, cause we never thought of it. How foolish is that? <laughs> but that's the truth. And they said, so can we have a women's meeting? I said, of course. And Diego and I, every single project we work on, from then until now, requires a women's meeting because it's women's lives that are changing the most. And unless they're giving space and time to consider that change, they won't be prepared. And then all sorts of unforeseen consequences can happen that can really change a person's life for the worse. So we give them space and time to brainstorm and build community and make considerations to plan for a future with clean, fresh drinking water that comes to their homes, but that they then are still a respected member of their family. It's interesting, but people don't often realize, you know, a woman's job 
in the Ischial Triangle of Guatemala, among other places on the planet, is to haul water three times a day from wow. the natural water spring. Wow. So if you take that job away, their husband might not respect them anymore. Oh my he goodness. Goes, right. He goes to the farm fields and she stays home. And he looks at her and says, well, what do you do? And that can lead to all sorts of domestic violence and all sorts of problems that we don't think about. Wow, it's very interesting. Yeah, Yeah. that, you know, a big part of that is being a contributor and contributing something to the table, literally, and figuratively, that is the the giver of life. I mean, we all know that water is the giver of life. A a major portion of our body consists of water. So it's very, it's profound if you think about it on, on that level that, you know, we women in those cultures are responsible for the gift of life. In That's many beautiful. ways, yes, certainly yes. for water. Well, I'm kind of out there. I try to be a little bit. <laughs> it's great. It's a great connection. <laughs> On the deep level. It's, just, it's terrific. I love it. Oh, well, you and I talked about, there are several key things that make up a woman's leadership quality. And what you just shared with us about water is certainly one that I'm going to add to the table and to the conversation. But the other ones are, I hear you say over and over community and community and relationship is huge for women and how we bond. But certainly yeah. to to leverage the story about the women walking out of those meetings in tears and looking for bonding with other women to solidify our self-worth. I think it's important to, to know that, you know, you and I talked about look for the pearls and I, and we were in a conversation pre-conversation for this interview. And, you know, it came to me that you have to look for the pearls and those are the women that are around you that support you, believe in you, understand what you're trying to accomplish. And sometimes they don't, even know you, but the fact that you walked into the room and they're in the room too, there's an automatic bonding that happens. And for us, that's so critical. So keep in mind for my listeners, I want you to keep in mind who are the pearls that are in your network? Who are the, you know, if you ever look at a pearl, they are strung beautifully in, Mm. in a circle. And I want to challenge the women who are listening now to to look for the pearls in your life and certainly to create a foundation of those pearls to help you succeed and to help you bring water to your life. I love that. And I think that the pearls come in every discipline, right? So just because I'm in engineering, I have some pearls in my life that are in engineering but the majority of them are not. And that makes it so, it makes my life and my work much richer than I ever could have experienced or limiting myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. Well, I'm going to give you a lot of credit for, I know that the field of engineering is changing and I'm going to just give you a lot of credit for being to stand in the engineering field often by yourself and to really lay a foundation for not only your work, but for laying a foundation for the model for other women engineers and other women who may be inspired to be engineers to come into their own and to find their voice in the engineering industry. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. And, you know, I've recently been focusing on my future vision for the field of engineering and the entire world and how they interplay with each other. And I envision 
in not too far the near future, sitting at a table where we simply talk about environmental safeguarding, engineering design, community engagement, community voice, and everyone on the table agrees and values each one of those things equally. We no longer have to fight to be heard. We don't have to be territorial. We just agree that this is important for an engineering project to include all of these wonderful, holistic things. So I'm excited about the near future because well, it's I like changing. That. I like that vision. And indeed, things are changing. I'm so excited about that. Well, one thing I know for certain, the next time that you want to be at the table, make sure you carry that folding chair. I love That's it. right. <laughs> if there's no chair for you, just whip out your folding chair. I just love that idea. Bring it along. So cute. I love it. Well, thank you so much. I really do. Dr. Marissa, I love having you here. What a perspective to bring. What a way to just give our listeners or my listeners the opportunity to see things from a global perspective, from engineering perspective, and from a life-giving perspective. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Denise. It's great. Well, for those of you who are listening out there, make sure you subscribe. Subscribing means we can pass the word around, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to set a foundation for women to have stronger voices in their day-to-day life. And the other thing, visit me and follow me. That's an important piece to the puzzle. Women Express Podcast is a way that you can get in touch with me for events, for speaking engagements. Let's just make this a movement. Let's get it out there where we have a platform to speak. And if there's topics that you would like for me to speak on or to invite guests to come in and speak on, please go to womenexpresspodcast.com and leave your ideas and your concepts there. It's always a joy. It's good to be back. Every girl needs a vacation. So I'm back from vacation and raring to go. Look forward to the next things that are coming up for us to speak on. And for now, what I'm going to encourage each of you is, come on, women. Let's express. Have a great one. We'll speak soon. Bye for now. We had a great time today. What I'd like to ask you to do is to rate us, give us good ones, review, and subscribe. And if you loved the time you spent with us and loved our speakers, our interviewees, then share this with your friends. That's collectively Women Express. Thank you for being with me. Bye for now.